Good day, everyone. This is Jason Vaughn with Gina Guillermo, and we are here live on YouTube, uh, but also uh, recording for our podcast, where today's discussion will be, how do I cultivate a servant and loving mindset when working with difficult people? Uh, hopefully, you will find this topic relevant, uh, especially in today's world. But as we learn to navigate people, unfortunately, they are not always easy to work with. Uh, and so how do we cultivate a loving and servant mindset to those who are difficult? day hopefully uh if you're tuning in you're having a great day uh hopefully you're encouraged in the lord jesus christ and reminded again that uh, god is good and gracious and abounding in steadfast love and that his mercies are new every day and that our faith is in christ and there we rest for he is our hope and our salvation and our inheritance and so um yeah gino how's your day amen my, my day is good i've been uh just uh, thinking about some some music recently, um, specifically. Uh, uh, I don't know if you've heard this, but this it's old um, uh, spiritual. I don't know if it's or gospel. Yeah, take my hand, precious Lord. It's kind of the same, written in around the same uh, situation as. Um, uh, oh gosh, what's that? What's the other famous hymn? Nah, I can't remember. Bring it to mind at the moment, but. Um, all to say that the Lord is so good, so gracious indeed, um, and He's everything that we need. Amen. Um, yeah, He's everything that we need. Yeah, it's only a, a sinful heart that causes me to forget that, by the way. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, good. It's good Good to be here. Busy week for us, uh, but good times. Always good uh, when, when busy with the Lord's work, and... Uh, Always good uh, to be back on the podcast and to talk about the things we're going to talk about. And so today was this uh, topic really by special request. And uh, if you were at Cornerstone a couple weeks ago uh, when we preached proper perspectives in a crazy world, uh, looking at the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus's words specifically in Matthew chapter 5, verses 39 to 48. And the two issues that Jesus addresses there, uh, we discussed how to cultivate a uh, servant loving mindset in a crazy world. And so uh, th that text, if you are don't have it in front of you and you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, let him have your coat also. Whoever forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks of you and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. 
You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Therefore you you who are uh, therefore, you are to be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. And so Jesus there writes some really a tall order. Uh, I, you know, don't want to throw any shade any direction, but uh, definitely kind of wonder how many people on Twitter have read that. Um, but right. Jesus here basically saying in, in two pericopes that those who are insulting you in the first part, uh, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, you get the sense that maybe in the culture uh, people were returning uh, tort for tort or insult for insult and then using an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth as a um, defense for their behavior. And Jesus says, listen, do not resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other to him also. And that slap on the right cheek, you know, if somebody says, oh, so we're not supposed to do violence back to people who are doing violent. What about if we see somebody being raped? That's not what Jesus is saying there. Jesus is talking about do not return insult for insult. And so, in other words, maybe we could modernize that interpret, modernize that phrase and go, okay, but what I say to you, do not resist an evil person. Forever insults you, let him insult you. Mm-hmm. And whoever wants to be difficult and sue you and take your shirt, I'll give him your coat also. Uh, whoever's going to be really difficult to make you bend over backwards uh, and wants you to bend over backwards for five minutes, go ahead and bend over backwards for him for 10 minutes. And then in that last line there in verse 42 really is the thrust. Give to him who asks you and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. And I think that final line is the main thrust and the linchpin really even maybe in an understanding the text because uh, – Obviously, some different interpretations on Matthew 5, but that one to me makes the most sense as he's confronting the Jewish people there for their uh, understanding of the law and not even their understanding, but their practice. And so in some ways, he seems to be confronting their cultural uh, practices. But in another way, uh, he's providing us with a very valuable lesson uh, on living for his glory and honor. Hmm. And so here in Matthew 5, right, I think it's fair to say, as a worshiper of Jesus Christ, uh, do, not be, do not be sucked down to the level of those who need to insult you or are difficult to work with. Instead, remember your calling is to serve and to love one another. Mm. And... That's a pretty difficult command. Yeah, I, th- I think the worldview here that he's like turning upside down is this idea of really trying to bring about equity, right? And, yes. and, and, and right, it's almost like, well, he deserves justice, right? He's trying to take your coat, but like Jesus is saying, no, just give your, if he wants to take your coat, like, or to take your uh, shirt, give him your coat. Yeah. Uh, instead of shooting for equity or, or pursuing equity or justice, just just lavish love. Yes. I mean that's so upside down. Yes. So opposite of of um, you know, of society today. Yes. Yeah, I mean I mean I gosh, I've seen uh unfortunately Christians, well, he deserved it. Uh and it's sad cuz uh you know, I mean he he maybe did deserve it. 
Uh, but uh, the interesting part is I don't know that he deserved it from you. Right. I think you deserved it from, uh, we all deserve God's wrath. Mm-hmm. And that's not what we get. Uh, and so there's right. This like, you almost hear Jesus like echoing in my brain, be gracious. Like I'm gracious. Yeah. Like Ephesians four thirty two. Yeah. It's yeah. a, it's a different goal. Yes. Um, it, it, it really is a different, I mean, the, um, really, if you think about the gospel, um, and, and and just the, the big picture, right? He's not judging us today. He's actually um, patient and long-suffering with us. Yes. Uh, we deserve death penalty. Yes. The death penalty, the death. Yep. Uh, but he doesn't give us the death. He gives us um, his own life. Yes. Eternal life. Hmm. Yeah, and really sets us on a mission, right? To serve and to love one another. And so it's very difficult to um, to serve other people Jesus Christ if you are instead going down to their level, returning tort for tort, tit for tat, slap for slap. Yeah. Yeah. So you're suggesting a different approach for insulta- being insulted. And- yeah, I think Jesus is suggesting it, right? That Jesus is saying, like, you almost, I mean understanding what you know kind of what he taught throughout the gospel of matthew uh i mean he overwhelmingly you know basically reminds us to remember who each other is right we we are sinners in a sinful world engaging with people who are going to manifest that sin sometimes towards us Mm -hmm. and what jesus i believe you could summarize his teaching Right, not only in all the gospels, all the gospel writers draw this out, and then Paul draws this out in Philippians too. Right, do not be concerned for your own personal interest, but the interest of others. And unfortunately, a lot of times when people are difficult to us, uh, or they're insulting to us, or they're demanding our time and attention, a lot of times there's a, well, y- you know, I'm offended by what you said, or I don't, you know, like this person already taking too much of my time. How much more of my time do I have to give them? Uh, and that, that can be that can be difficult in a church scenario because there are going to be people in this world that are difficult and there there are going to be people in this world who basically have the wrong mindset. Mm. Yeah, so I think what Jesus is saying is, right, another way we could say this or flesh this out is, listen, you're going to engage people who have the wrong mindset. Don't let their wrong mindset influence or encourage you to have a wrong mindset back to them. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's, I think that's kind of what he's saying. So, uh, and then the second part, right? I mean, that one's more difficult. You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, right? You have heard that it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. And then Jesus, you know, you, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And so he continues to push that, right? Not only do I need to serve people who are difficult, but I need to love people who are difficult. And that means I, I there should be, right, that love is that I want what's better for you in Christ, and I'm willing to serve you to such a way to help you get what's better for you with Christ. Despite um, you even hurting me in yes. the process. Yes. Yeah, because the the process is you're going to get hurt yes. trying to do this you know, trying to I think that's where Christians kind of get uh 
mixed up in the world. They're trying to be disciple makers. Yeah. But as soon as uh, insult comes their way, they're ready to fight in a way that's really not biblical. Um, they're ready to fight in, in, in a way that uh, Jesus is telling us, no, turn the other cheek. Yes. Yeah, and love them. I, I think that's, you know, a man of conviction, a man or woman of conviction looks at somebody who's being difficult or acting like our quote unquote enemy and understands there's something going on under in their heart that is sinful and needs Christ's grace. And so because of that, right, then we are going to like, instead of me getting sucked down to their sinful level, I'm going to, I'm going to respond and give them love. Which is difficult. Yes. Yes. I think the the attitude is if um, it's easier to, to serve others when we realize we've been served in that, that same way. Um, you know, the, there's also that saying, you know, we should know better. And that is true, actually. We should, we should know better in a sense that um, we have been, you know, when, 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 when we have a high view of God, we actually are, um, we actually realize that we didn't save ourselves. We right. actually realize that we had nothing to do with our salvation. And thus, uh, we can almost pity those who don't know Christ, yes. have compassion in such a way uh, that we're willing to overlook sin towards us. Yes. Because Christ saved us apart from ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And the example for that is in the gospel. Yeah. Right. And I, that's, I love that Romans 5. He died for his enemies, you know, and Paul gives this. I mean, there are some stories out, but there are people dying for good people. But I mean, I think Paul's point in in Romans five is there's really no story out there of people dying for bad people. Right. I don't I don't know a single World War Two story where like an American threw a hand grenade into a German foxhole. An American ran over there and jumped on the hand grenade in the foxhole to save the Germans. Hmm. You know, and so you have stories of like a guy jumping on a hand grenade to save his buddies, you know, that are on the fighting on the same line as him, but never, right? Are there stories of like, yeah, I'm going to go jump on that. I mean, so yeah, yeah, I, I think that perspective, right, is essential. And um, so I preached on that and there were some, definitely some questions because what we at the end of my sermon, there was a, there was a last point. It was a, it was a random four point sermon. Normally they're three. It's crazy, crazy week. Uh, and, uh, I was, I guess I was feeling froggy that week, but, uh, the, the question was asked, how do I cultivate this servant love mindset towards difficult people? So maybe, maybe you're even listening to this and kind of realizing, Hey, you know what? Uh, I realize that I need to, to love those people who are difficult that, you know, all of us who are believers should tell ourselves, we do not have enemies. There are no, we don't have enemies. We have, we have people, we know people who love Christ and we know people who don't love Christ, but we want everybody we know to love Christ. So uh, Joe Biden's not my enemy. Barack Obama's not my enemy. Donald Trump's not my enemy. Uh, Saddam Hussein was not my enemy. Uh, we're not saying some of these people aren't wicked men. We're just saying they're not my enemy. Uh, you know, Michael Jackson, 
I pray that guy's in heaven. I don't know where he is, but he's not my enemy, mm-hmm. you know? And, and sometimes some of these guys do very vile things that are disgusting. And we need to realize that, that we're not by saying they're not my enemy. We're not condoning anything they do. We're just saying, man, that, that, that vile sin is in all of us. And Christ died for that vile sin. So let's, let's be the same kind of people that point people to the gospel and love them and serve them. And so, uh, right, having that gospel priority. And so how do I cultivate that mindset, right? We are all going to live in a world that works with difficult people. Nobody is exempt from this. Uh, if you're fighting your life to be exempt from this, you're going, it doesn't matter if, unless you're going to hole up in your house and never leave your house and therefore be what I would, I would say at some point you're giving up faithfulness to things God called you to, you're going to work with different difficult people. So how do you do that? Uh, and I think step one is be prepared. Yeah. You're going to, it's going to happen. So, okay. Gosh, I don't, you know, I, I took notes and that's not what I, <laughs> yeah, I, I said that in my sermon, I said that somewhere, Okay, but, uh, for, for this one, I kind of added that note, uh, be prepared and that, changing that's the thing. It up. Changing yeah, it up. I know, sorry. All right. And that's the that thing. It makes sense though, logically, right? Yes. Yeah. You want to yeah. have a game plan. Yes. It's okay. funny. I have, I think over here, I even have a book. Uh, oh, I do. I have it out. Kyla loves, by the way, she loves my asymmetrical book stacking and absolutely her favorite thing is that I have nine books on the kitchen table. That's actually down a few, but I I finished one this morning as I put it up, but it's interesting. I have one of them is a survival book and he actually says in there uh, that the boy scouts got it right. And the Boy Scouts motto is the right one. And the Boy Scouts motto is be prepared. Ah. And so anyone setting out on a journey or planning an expedition should follow it by discovering as much as possible about the situations likely to be faced and the skills and equipment called for. It is the most basic common sense to prepare yourself to take appropriate gear and to plan as carefully as possible. And so this is by Mr. John Lofty Wiseman. So, uh, that's his quote, be prepared. It's the same thing for us. Be prepared. And that's what Jesus is saying. Listen, prepare your hearts for worship. Understand that we worship in spirit and truth, have this down correctly and have the right mindset and be focused on the right things. Be prepared. Amen. All right. So the other thing you need to do is pray, pray that God is all is right. One, we need God. So we need to pray that we need, right? God, I need you to, uh, right? Pray and ask God for wisdom and pre three, pray and ask God that you'd be spirit filled, that you would be humble enough to recognize the spirits prompting so that when these difficult situations come, you're spirit filled and you're responding in the spirit, not in the flesh. So yes. Is that part of the preparation or is that two different steps? No, I think that's part of the preparation. Gotcha. Okay. Right. Every, every day before you leave, Lord, whatever I encounter today, help me to be spirit filled. Some of us wake up and need to pray that before we see our kids, but (laughs) (laughs) or uh, hopefully not your wife or your spouse. (laughs) Oh, but anyway, um, so yeah, so, okay. So be prepared, have a game plan. So the following is the game plan here. Here's, here's kind of the way I, I envision the game plan. Here's, here's my game plan. All right. So you're in the trenches and a difficult person comes your way, frustrating, 
You can usually tell difficult people because your patience is wearing thin, your emotions are possibly high, you're possibly getting upset, you're possibly getting angry, you're possibly offended by their insult, and now your head is beginning to start to focus on that rather than the words of Jesus of to serve and to love your enemies. So rule number one, game plan number one, step number one, letter number A, number one, first step is rather than be offended, use your shock and offense as a warning siren to your heart and tell yourself the siren is going off. The warning is there. Don't be offended. Focus on serving and loving. End quote. Okay, I got yeah, I, that's what I got from my notes. Stop and regroup. Focus, focus yeah. the heart. Focus on Christ. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so I think honestly, anytime our emotions get like high and elevated and mad, right. oh, I can't believe you said that. Uh, use that as like a, you know, you know, a little warning. Do we have a warning thing on this thing? Uh, uh, maybe. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely not that. All right, so <laughs> right there, there's your little warning siren. That, that right? was a dad joke. Gun. That was a dad joke one. Yeah. Although the dad joke ones usually followed by. Oh. Yeah, especially if Chelsea was listening. Um, right, but there, there's your warning siren. Like, hey, wait a minute. Why am I offended? You use that boiling anger or that creeping anger that you feel or the creeping impatience and kind of say to yourself, why am I getting angry? What's my focus on here? Right. I think in general, if we would listen to our emotions and evaluate them in the moment's notice, there's kind of a like, whoa, wait a minute, time out. Why am I getting offended? Hmm. That's actually a difference between like an act of, um, uh, what is it called? Um, when you murder someone as an act of passion. Oh yeah. Like that's a difference between an act of, is it act of passion or uh, what is it called? When you, when you, when you kill somebody out of, uh, just kind of a, an, you know, a fury of anger and yeah. rage. Oh, an act. Yeah. Yeah. Like an act of passion. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, I mean, if that guy just stopped and said, I'm getting really angry. Usually those kind of people have, you know, allow themselves to have the habit of reacting to their anger yes. right away. Yes. Yeah, you're right. I think you're right. I mean, there, there's a reason why um, trained people who are trained in, like I think of Gary Nessner and his FBI, um, what was the thing you did? I just drew a blank. The coffee has not set in. By the <laughs> way, today's podcast brought to you by El Salvador from Publicus. El Salvador. Uh, and Perrier. Yeah. Oh, he uh, was a um, negotiator. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Boom. That was the word. Oh, gosh. I'm, like three, I'm almost done with my Yeah, stuff. man. I'm almost done too, but it hasn't set in. So, uh, yeah, he was um, a negotiator. and But one thing is, is he learned how to be calm in these intense situations. So, I, I think, again, you have, the, you have that training. And so, I think it's helpful. Like, wait a minute. And you can see even not working with difficult people. If you just tell yourself, anytime I get emotional, let me stop and ask myself, what is reality here and what's my focus and what should be my focus? So I like how you even, you even like in your notes, you regroup that as 
or you, you wrote that down as regroup. Like they, that's probably the best bro. Like, hey, wait a minute. Let me regroup. Let me evaluate. Right. Let me see. Yeah. I mean, I have counseled many people, you know, advising never to, especially if they have a history of overreacting, yeah. just, Hey, in the middle of a heated situation, just ask for some time to step away and regroup, talk, talk through it when you're calm. Right. Yes. That's like the best thing you could do. Yeah. Uh, and that's unfortunate because I think the internet kind of has a, uh, a justified anger. Are you talking about culture? Uh, oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, justified in, like in what way? Well, you know, in the sense that like, gosh, I mean, I, I you know, where like, uh, Maybe because the person they're talking to, they don't see. Oh, I they see feel like they can say things or retort with things that you, you wouldn't say in person to the per, to the human being. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, I think, I think that's right. Even yeah. having that kind of game plan and saying, wait a minute, I'm going to stop and push pause mm-hmm. at that point. It doesn't matter if it's public, private email, text message, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, I'm not yeah. on Instagram, but. Instagram, you know, it doesn't matter whatever, whatever platform, whatever situation, whatever context you're in having that, like, wait a minute. Yeah. Let me slow down my thinking. Let me push the pause button. You know, I did that as an umpire where you could just feel the tension in the game rising. And it was like, wait a minute. I don't have to be tense. <sighs> mm. You know what it is? I think it's okay. It's that instant world of, uh, it's an instant mindset when we're on the internet. We think everything's, we're just like in this instant mindset. So right. we cultivate a mindset that uh, whether we know it or not, we actually create straw men. Like mm-hmm. the opponent is a straw man. Yes. I remember when I first got on, on Facebook and people started posting stuff. Um, it do, It's revealing, uh, you know, what they post, but it's not the whole person. Like I know this person, right? but their post doesn't, like describe everything about them. It's not their identity. Yes. Um, what they put out there is only a portion of who they are. Yes. So if you take that post or that, 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 that whatever they, they've tweeted and you create the straw man, like, uh, am I using that correctly? Like, a, a yeah, f- yeah. You're, yeah. Cause you're a fake, it's a fake person. Yeah. You create yeah. this monster. Yeah. And, and so the, the thing you need to do, the just, the, the right thing to do is to say something. Yeah. But you don't need to, right? Yes, and that that's the that's the that's the thing. So, but but the thing is too, like when you're working with somebody who's difficult in person, uh, I always felt this when somebody really kind of like expected me to go the extra 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 mile, and you're like, wow, this is way outside of what I have to do or what I need to do, or you know. um, So I would always just kind of say at that point, like you know. You know, that's that time to check yourself and go, okay, wait a minute. My heart doesn't like this. I know it because of my emotions, because of my attitude. Okay, you know, I'm here to serve and to love, and and that's it. And so that's step two. Um, Step two uh, in working with a difficult person and step two uh, is is a little bit of the evaluation mode. So step one, regroup, regather, rethink. Step two, evaluate. 
Uh, and so if somebody's insulting me or hating on me or being pushy on me or disrespectful, uh, I stop and I say to myself, what does it take for this person to display this hatred and this and insult me publicly or privately or to my face or to be pushy or to have this attitude towards me? So you're, you're evaluating the person based yes. on his actions. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. And I would do that even like when I waited tables, like somebody's really angry and you're like, okay, this person is hangry, <laughs> right? The hunger mm-hmm. has forced the anger. And so at that point you kind of go, well, okay. I mean, I've, I've been hangry before I get it. Yeah. Let's see what, let's see what we can do to get him some food faster. Yeah. You know, so again, not now as a waiter, I'm not justifying being hangry, but but at some point that that being able to sympathize with why they're angry allowed me to rather than be like defensive as their waiter, like well, you, you know, it's not my fault your food doesn't come out. Rather than, rather than be defensive, it's like well, okay, how do I serve this person? Right. You know. Now again, being hangry is not okay. Mm-hmm. It's still some idol is coming out and I get it. Some days you're hungry and you want that food now. Totally get it. Anytime I'm in that situation, the Lord always seems to make something weird happen in the kitchen <laughs> and my food comes out last. Uh, so, <laughs> so, you know, okay. But, uh, but for me, right, there's that. Okay. I'm going to evaluate you. So your emotion, what, what would cause you to have that emotion? Uh, or why do you feel like you need to insult me? And at minimum, all I can say is that attitude and action is defined biblically as sinful. Right. So what sin is going on in your heart that would cause you to do that? And at that point, there's some sympathy because it's, oh, here's a person who is manifesting their sin towards me and doesn't understand the gospel or is walking in unbelief. Mm. Wow. Right. Because that ultimately, if you have to insult me, right. I mean, nowhere in scripture to say, Hey, go insult people. Right. Uh, even when, uh, even when Jesus, right. I mean, everybody always like, well, Jesus called the, the Pharisees a brood of vipers. I get that. Totally get that. The problem is I'm not Jesus and you're not Jesus. Hmm. Uh, and I think second Timothy two, 24, 25 and 26, which we'll go, we'll reread there at the end of this, uh, is a better way of dealing with people who disagree with us or who are insulting us. Um, because again, Jesus is warning, uh, warning his people about the Pharisees. So there's, there's some other things going on in that text that means that's not, Jesus is not saying, Hey guys, in this situation, mm-hmm. insult people, right? Right, and so uh, that that's kind of what gets right. lost in that pushback. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's also important to just note that it, it is a narrative, and that's like it's not you know it's not prescriptive. Right. Yeah, it's always interesting. We we like acts to be prescriptive, but unfortunately, sometimes we use those narrative passages as if they're just you know descriptive. They're not. They're prescriptive. They're just like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Descriptive, descriptive. Not prescriptive. Yeah. The other way around. How much coffee, <laughs> Zach? Make me more coffee. Yeah. Gosh. Uh, my brain is uh, this just in? My brain is fried. <laughs> it is three p.m. to be something. Oh, it's funny. three o'clock somewhere. Yeah, it is. This is uh, yeah. All right. Well, good. So, um, 
Yeah. So realize right point to realize what is going on in this person's heart. Realize, right. If, if you're in a position where you have to insult or belittle people, right. This is where your knowledge of scripture is helpful. One, that's not a servant attitude. One, that's not a biblical attitude. One, that's not a Christ exalting attitude. That's not a worshipful attitude. So that what that says is this person does not believe what Christ has to say about interacting and engaging people in a gospel centered, in a in a in a servant hearted manner. Well, yeah, and even if that person didn't know the gospel, or I'm sorry, even if that person was a believer, um, you're gonna walk away realizing that he just has wrong convictions. Yes. Like yeah. 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 So so you know where this person is yes. in, in life, um, and our job is not is not to fire back, um, but to actually respond, you know, with with a heart that serves them, that that longs to see them, you know, know Christ more, love Him more. Man, this is a lot of work, Jason. <laughs> I, I know it is a lot I mean, of work. You got to do this with every single person, every interaction with you know your why spouse children church people waiters right people in on in, in on the highway on the, on the fast lane come on now yeah maybe, maybe come on is, now. <laughs> i think this is why i love my dog so much oh your dog he's so faithful she just wags her tail and says hi yeah yeah so um yeah i don't i don't ever think she's insulting me so anyway but no it is hard because Right. But I think it's helpful because if you stop and realize, wait a minute, this person is acting this way because of unbelief. Then again, that this is, you know, you're regrouping, you're evaluating and you're saying, okay, there's, there should be some compassion from you at this point. And I'm just going to push that button a little bit. Amen. If you, if there's no compassion or sympathy in your heart for this person at this point, then I'm going to posit that you actually are, uh, you actually have a anemic view of the gospel at that point. Yeah. Because you have forgotten or you don't know the relationship between Christ and you and that God has grace on us in our sin and our unbelief and still serves us. Right. He, he's, he's not a respond God. He's not, okay, I will engage you when you finally figure this out, right? He is a, he is a nudge me, push me, teach me, direct me, shepherd me, God, who has long suffering towards me, even in my own sinfulness and unbelief. Amen. Yeah. That's interesting because usually when we think of compassion, we think of, you know, the poor and the weak. Right. Um, and uh, I guess... Uh, in a, on the spiritual side, we these are these people. Those are these people. Yes, right. They they are poor and weak. Um, they don't know what they don't know. Right. Um, and, and we need to have compassion, not only just the, the physically poor, the physically weak, but those that don't know Christ the way they should. Right. Both believer and unbeliever. Yeah. Uh, no, you're right, man. Uh, they're they're weak in understanding. They're poor in understanding. Right, even Paul, we urge you, brethren, admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak. And by the way, even that admonish is teach the unruly. It's not necessarily like respond to their unruliness with harsh language and then come out and say, I was admonishing them. Well, that's not what that means there. 
uh, in First Thessalonians 5.14. So, because uh, at the very end, be patient with everyone. In other words, be patient with the unruly, the faint-hearted, and the weak. And so, yeah, very, uh, very appropriate passage for this as well. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's it. You know, I, I believe you can discern a more mature believer when you see them having compassion for everyone, not just who we kind of think of as having like, we think, you know, anytime you say have compassion, like for the longest time it was this, Oh, okay. Well, like when somebody's crying, have compassion. Yeah. Well, I think with Jesus, his compassion was even on the hard hearted, you know, cause he still ministers to the hard hearted and uh, I believe he has compassion on him. Yeah. 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 Especially there at the end of Matthew, when he looks at the, you know, the harvest, Come to me, you who are weak and heavy laden. He was talking to some hard-hearted people too. So, yep. I mean, every, anytime he taught the crowd, the, the crowd wasn't all in on uh, in Jesus. They, they wanted miracles, right? They wanted bread yes. and fish. Uh, a lot of them didn't love him. They just wanted to. They they wanted that. Uh, they wanted to follow the miracles, right? Yes. Um, yeah. So that they they were in, in that sense, he was ministering to them as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. That's a good. Uh, that's a that's a great point. That yeah, I mean, he offered grace. His teaching was gracious to everyone, even the feeding of five thousand. We don't have any evidence at all. Probably ten thousand plus people there because there were the five thousand men. There were women and children. Yeah, yep. I, he was definitely harsher on the 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 leaders of the law. Yes, because not they, they were the ones like you know putting a. Um, um, what, what was it called? That, a that, millstone. A millstone around their neck. <laughs> I got a word. To yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I mean, it, it. He was definitely harsher on those people because he was leading. They they were the leaders. Yeah. They were the lost leading the lost, and yeah. they should have known the word, but they were taking advantage. Yeah. Of the yeah. poor. The and poor. even even I I think I remember like somebody asking John MacArthur like, how do you minister? Uh, to legalists like the Pharisees, and he he said, "Be super gracious." So I think even then, like for us, be super gracious. Like mm-hmm. I realize they're uh, honestly they're they're honestly oftentimes the most difficult people to work with because yeah. in their head they they are convinced that the rule that they've created is like the rule you have to follow, and so. Um, but but they have they have a deficient view of grace, and sometimes you just have to show them by being gracious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when you evaluate, evaluate why would they have that attitude, uh, think about Christ. Christ died for people who exhibited the same kind of actions toward him. Uh, you know, we, we a Karen is such a part the, the Karen concept so popular in culture right now. Uh, I wrote down in my notes, we are the Karens against God in this world. And really we are. We, we are the Karens because we kind of think the economy and not the economy like financial ching-ching, like pay for this economy, but like the way the world's set up, right? We, we kind of think like, hey, we created these rules and, you sh- and everybody else should follow these rules. And we really even have that for the Lord, right? Like, well, God, in, in this world, when somebody insults me, then that gives me uh, then that gives me carte blanche, like freedom to uh, insult them back. And that's not true. Uh, right. And so we become the Karens against God. Well, God, it's okay that I did this because you don't know what he did to me. And the reality is we have to kind of go, wait a minute. 
who am I before you, Lord? And how did you treat me in Romans 5, you know, that while we were still enemies at the right time, Christ died. Uh, and he died for us, his enemies, while we were enemies. And not only does that, but he loves us even today while we're still short-sighted and blind in many ways. He still loves us. And so the gospel then becomes this reminder to me of who God is, who I am, and how he treats me in Christ. And the only thing I can do is come away and go, wow, God is super gracious. Yeah. Uh, and then if, if, man, if Christ can love me first, right, I, man, just like, right, he loved me first. Right, right. We're, we're kind of called to do that. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, and, right. We're but, called to love those who don't love us. Yeah, but that is so different from the way we love other people. You know, uh, even in dating, right? Like, oh, I kind of like this person, but do I want to tell this person or do I want to make this person kind of like tip their hand first? And then once once I kind of know it's safe, then I'll love. Well, God was like, I'm not, right? He didn't test the waters to see if it was safe. He was going to get the response he wanted. Yeah. Yeah. So. He just loved this. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's that's step Two and three. Step two, realize what it takes for this person to hate and insult you. Evaluate. Step three, realize who you are in Christ. We kind of went over that kind of quick, but we've that's kind of been sprinkled in throughout this whole this whole time so far. So realize who you, number three was realize who you who you are in Christ. Who yes, we, who we are in Christ. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. Think about the gospel. Gotcha. Uh, so then number four, by this point, right? You've you've evaluated, you've realized, you've you've thought about who you are in Christ. And now you've decided, okay, step four, very important step. Don't take it personal. Don't take it personal. Meaning, uh, what if it's a personal um, insult? Like it's meant for you. It's meant to make you feel horrible and whatever. Who cares? All right. That's my approach. Let it roll off. Let it roll off the back. Yeah, at this point, pull out umpire, right? Like, okay, okay, mom, that is not meant to be like derogatory towards moms, by the way. Just a little like insight 101 (laughs) into youth sports umpire world, okay? I don't know what it is, mom, but on the sidelines, little low sweet mom who loves and nurtures her kids sometimes is the worst mouth towards umpires. Mm. You you can sit there and you can yeah. criticize my strike zone all day long. Uh, the problem is you can't see from your position that that ball is actually six feet off the plate and it's not a strike. So if you want to insult me, that's between you and the Lord. I don't care. Gotcha. Because yeah. it doesn't change what I do. Right? Actually, the insult makes you look bad. It right. doesn't make me look bad. Mm. And it's because you look bad that I actually have a heart for you at this point. I will say people buy into insults though. They like do. if like it could roll off your back, but then like it could destroy people's reputations. Yeah. Uh but you just gotta be the kind of person in this world that other people's insults yeah. have no have no they don't they don't factor, right? Like it's not necessarily truth. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't have to Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, if you insult me and you throw darts at me, uh, the people who know me, they all know those aren't right. 
Uh, and if they are right, then I'll listen to you and, and repent. But right. you know, if you're just mad at me and so you're just saying whatever comes to your mind, cause you're mad at me. Well, the people who know me all know, yeah, those insults aren't true. This person's just mad. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I think that's the key though. Don't take it personal. Mm. Um, because this, you know, so now I'm not going to take it personal. You're saying whatever you're saying, I'm here to serve you. And rather than take it personal, I'm going to respond to you with kindness because kindness leads to repentance. And if you look even at Romans 12, right, that kindness is, uh, right. Oh, wait, Romans 12? Oh. Yeah. Uh, the Romans 12 there. Bless those who persecute you. Okay. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Um, be of the same mind towards one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Revenge is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him drink. For in doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but become overcome evil by good. And so, right, there's a sense in which, look, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse those. Rejoice, right? And so you're not paying back their evil for evil. You're going to respect them. And that's the thing. When somebody's mad at you and they're, they're not happy with you, and all you do is show them kindness and respect and love at some point for in doing so you will heap burning coals on the head. At some point people realize, wow, I'm being a jerk. This guy's being kind. And I saw it in the restaurant industry all the time where people are livid and you're kind and generous and respectful. And they will look at you and go, you know what? I'm so sorry. I'm mad. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. Yeah, no <laughs> yeah I worked in a restaurant too. That happened a lot. Yeah. And it you, happened a lot. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like even unbelieving restaurant people can figure this out. Yep. Um, so we as Christians all the more need to have this figured out because we're not just trying to like get their food right. We're trying to get their worship right. Yeah. And so how, how much huh. more important for us to have that like the bigger picture perspective and kind of rise above the war that they're trying to create and say, Hey, I'm going to be kind and generous and respect you as a human being. Even if you are not. Yeah. You don't always have to defend your honor. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that, that, that is, that is, um, a different than that. That's different expectation today in society, right? It's like, you have to defend everyone's honor for every little thing. Right. All the time. When, when really kindness looks like not, uh, not being not only just not being offended and not not just um you know uh not just i'm thinking of that i'm thinking of a word but it's not coming but just continuing being kind to the person despite their disrespect towards you um not only is it hard but it, it's it, it does you you, be, you become a mirror to that person mm-hmm. because they see their ugliness yes in the kindness that you you give them yes that's why those restaurant people 
um, they end up apologizing because you didn't react the way they expected to react. Yes. <laughs> now they can't like, you know, they're not going to ask for a discount from the manager because you actually did your job and you did a good job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He had no reason to be mad. Yeah. It's like, you know, when you return tit for tat, you both are throwing fuel on the fire. When you return kindness for their tit for tat, right? They're throwing fuel. You're throwing water. And at some point the water just wins. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that takes spirit filled knowledge and preparation to do. So how does it work in, uh, in, in today's world where we hear stuff in the news um, and, and something like, uh, you know, what the journalists represent is some abhorrent thing that happened. Are you, as believers, you know, is there, there, there seems to be an expectation to be just outraged, right? And if you're not outraged, it's almost like, what kind of Christian are you? Or right, you know, what kind of right. Jesus follower are you? Why aren't you outraged? What do you say to them? Right. Yeah, uh, I just say to them, well, you, you got the wrong, right? Why are you so outraged? Why, like, wow, are you shocked that unbelievers are acting like unbelievers? I'm not shocked by that. Why are you shocked? How does this alter what you're called to do? You're called to serve them and love them. Pray for them. Yeah. Maybe there's a difference between outrage and just, um, you know, empathy or yeah, uh, sadness for sin. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm just thinking through that in real time, and I'm just... Yeah. Wondering if, uh, you know, how do you be kind in a situation like that? Yeah, but I think you go through this grid too. Rather than be outraged, okay, why does this person say what this person says? Who am I in Christ? Okay, don't take it personal. I'm at a point now where even like at this point, I don't, I don't feel like anybody can shock me in America with their political desires. So there's even a part of me that's like, you know, like, that's just what unbelievers do. And they, they have, you know, there there's a certain sect that has the floor when it comes to the media. And so just, okay, you guys need Jesus, like, really bad. Uh, and it's even a reminder to me that they want me to have my hope in human beings. And how sad is that, that you want to evangelize me to have hope in human beings? You know, now... Not having hope in human beings doesn't mean we don't love human beings. Of course we love human beings, but, man, like, I actually want you to have your hope in Christ because yeah. that's far better than what you want me to have my hope in. Like, Well, that's the difference. We have, uh, we have to start there because we have a solution for that. Um, that's true. You know, we have a solution for the brokenness. And so we, we do have to acknowledge that humans are going to mess up. Yes. Uh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we're still hopeful. Yes. We're hopeful because of the gospel, not because human beings are able to fix <laughs> fix themselves. That's the hope. That's probably the most hopeless thing you could do is to trust human beings to fix themselves. Right. Which is why the power of positive thinking movement is so atrocious. Yes. Because they recognize there's a problem, but then they say, oh, but you can solve it yourself. Well, no, actually, I can't. Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, no, you're right. I mean, we have the solution. They don't. We They need the solution. Uh, and even kind of sad that, that we recognize, um, you know, that we recognize, oh, somebody came to my door. 
Yeah, I'll get it. <laughs> oh, well, you, you got this? Yeah, this is crazy. My dog's going nuts. It's probably a package. Um, so, yeah, crazy, crazy times. Um, yeah, crazy times. Wow. And welcome to the house, Mr. Charles Crawford. Uh, yeah, so. I told him to come an hour, in an hour, but I, I just realized I don't know if it came early. Oh, wow. Hey, Charles. Well, have a seat. We're, we're in the middle of a, an important discussion here. Um, but wow. Well, welcome to the, welcome to the show. So, um, we're gonna, now we have a guest. Now we do have a guest, (laughs) uh, but we, we are, well, the good news is we're right there towards the end. And so, um, yeah, yeah, so we're not gonna, so at the end of this, we're not going to take things personally. So now we'll get back on track here, back on Uh, track in the trenches, right. Working with people, working with difficult, difficult people, uh, reevaluate, the step one, reevaluate, regroup, evaluate your emotions, make put your emotions in check. Step two, realize what it takes for this person to insult or belittle or to have their actions that they'd have. Three, think about Christ. Four, don't take it personal, right? Your goal is to serve them. And so, right, you be focused on your goal no matter what they're focused on. Love them, serve them, respect them as a human being. Uh, and number five, uh, 2 Timothy 2, 24 to 25. The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to all. And so the, that's that's it, right? We want to quarrel. Instead, be kind. Ooh, Able right. to teach. Patient when wronged. And with gentleness, correct those who are in opposition. Why? Because if perhaps God may grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of the truth. And that, and that that's the thing. Like a lot of us think it's my job to lead them to the knowledge of the truth. It's my job to be a mouthpiece. It's my job to proclaim. It's my job to engage, to listen, and to instruct and to communicate. God always does the granting repentance leading to the knowledge of the truth. Verse 26 finishes, and they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. And for me, that's that reality, right? Like an unbeliever trapped in this insult mindset. Uh, I saw a friend of mine get belittled by, by an unbeliever. And the only thing I thought was this, this guy's belittling is evidence of the wrath of God at death. Well, I don't want that for this guy. I want, I want that unbeliever to have eternal life with Christ. And so, right, that evaluation of, man, why, why do you feel like you have to belittle my friend? But that, that's evidence of, of condemnation and the wrath of God. And so instead of the wrath of God leading to, right, I want to serve this guy, Jesus Christ. And the only way to do that is to be kind and to instruct and with gentleness correcting and then praying, God, please grant this guy repentance. Grant this guy forgiveness. Grant this guy the knowledge of the truth and lead this human being to walk in truth. Yeah, you you reference Second Timothy, uh, Timothy two. Yes, uh, you know the slave is not to be quarrelsome. Yes, um, it, it's so connected with uh, the ability to disciple people. Yes, because if you're going to walk someone who's host, hostile towards you, yes, to, through the gospel, yes, you can't play their game and quarrel. Right, you have to be able to teach, which is the actually the the, the rest of the verse, right? Yes, that not quarrelsome, but able to teach. Yes, 
because in the end of this, like the whole goal here, right? The, 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 you're going to have to get to the teaching at some point. Yes. Um, the whole point of, uh, you know, the, the goal of loving people is ultimately to get them to Jesus Christ and yes. who he is so that they could know that Christ loves them, gave him, you know, died for them. Um, and that quarrelsome, that quarreling spirit, like it, it just, it's a roadblock to the gospel. Yeah. It undermines. And, and it's unfortunate too, that, um, you know, that sometimes we, we even kind of like, you know, say, Oh, well, they're just of that. They're, they're just these people over here and we draw lines in the sand and separate from them. But the reality is we, we need to love them and lead and pray that, that Christ would redeem them. Yeah, and uh, it, it's one of those two. I think uh, I'll add a six point. Uh, sometimes you deal with somebody, you work with somebody who you know closely, and they have a bad day. And I think I think maybe even two, just don't let that define. Don't let their bad day define them as a human being. Yeah, yeah, that's so, fair. Yeah, um, that's part of regrouping. Yes, I think so. Of, yeah, uh, I had a hard I had a hard time with this waiter the other day because. I was like, I, I know, I, I knew she was, I think I knew she was mad because we came at the end of the shift, like, like 45 minutes left before the restaurant closed. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? And then she was just really short, like, man, but I was like, okay, just don't react and, you yeah. know, just be kind. And I, <laughs> even Jesse was like, Hey, don't, don't, don't react. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I was getting kind of irate, but you know, in the end she, she was super nice. I think because we were just. You know, we were actually trying to be kind to her as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Still gave her a good tip and everything, you know? Yes. Um, that's important to do that. Yeah. By the way, that then that's, I'm glad you said that because I'm going to go ahead and plug it now. You should tip your waiter and waitresses well. Uh, they may be having a bad day. They may have a bad service. Uh, still tip them well. Love your, love your waiter and waitress. Love your barista. Take care of them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's my little uh, former waiter plug. You never yeah. know. Be gracious. Yeah, assume something. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's fair to assume that you know, the the part of not taking it personal is assume that something is happening in their life and they're reacting to it. Yes, and they're they don't have the right convictions to deal with it. Yes, but we do. We do. Yes, uh, or we should have. Yeah, we're teaching. We're teaching it now. So. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. And so yeah. And again, I realize in the trenches is very difficult. That's why you need to be prepared and have a plan. You need to. You need to realize that today, your spouse may insult you, uh, intentionally or unintentionally. Uh, your kids may say something that's offensive, intentionally or unintentionally. Your neighbor, your coworker some random person out and about in this world, just prepare your heart. That may happen today. And if it does, then respond appropriately and realize the, that, that we are accountable for our actions and not for other people. And I think that's a very important, like, Hey, I'm accountable for me. Uh, I don't make people do things and they don't make me do things. And that, that's very contrary to this culture who says, oh, well, Trump made people do this. No, he didn't. You're choosing to respond oh, that way. God, that's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, be if, if you think Trump's a kid, that's fine. It doesn't excuse you for being a kid, too. Like, be the adult. Yeah. Be the bigger person. Well, it's a, it is a different mindset, though. Like, it is because a different they, mindset. It's because they, it, part of the mindset is not to take not to be responsible for your 
or your sins or your actions. It's always like, it's always someone else's fault. It's always society that created you rather than, yes. no, you're a sinner. Yes. It's, uh, gosh, the Bible's so much way, way more uh, relevant uh, or not relevant. Or, I mean, useful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's more relevant. truthful. Yes. Yeah. Relevant, truthful than, um, you know, these. Well, and that's, that's what they're, that's what, when they respond to like, well, Trump or, or insert Biden or whoever, insert yes. the, your political opponent. Well, they made me do that. What you're saying is, well, an eye for an eye. And yes. Jesus says, no, I say to you, do not resist an evil person. Whoever slaps you in the right cheek, turn the other dim also. And so, yeah, that's, that's the end. And at the end of this, the last step is to pray. Pray for difficult people you've encountered. Pray for, uh, you know what? Maybe you've been that difficult person. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah. Uh, maybe you're listening and you just, you maybe there's this kind of like, hey, have I ever been that guy? And it might be fair, by the way, for you to ask yourself, am I this difficult person? It may be good for you to go to your wife or, or husband and ask that question. And it may be good for to go to somebody in your church who you know will give you the honest truth and ask them, hey, am I that difficult person? You know, am I a Karen? Yeah. Ask him. Am I a Karen? What's the male <laughs> version of a Karen? Is that like a Carl or like a <laughs> Carl? A Carl? Um, yeah, I don't I think know. It is a Carl. It has to be. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It could be uh, Kyle. Kyle. Carl. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, There's not too many Carl, so less people would be offended. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. It's there's, a Carl with a K some Carl too. out there going, "Ooh, how dare yeah. you!" Yeah. Well, there's probably no Carl's of the K going to listen to this. So we'll go that way. Yeah. All right. Well, that that's, um, I think that's it for us today. Uh, I think it's, uh, right. This is, this is obviously a discussion that uh, opens up other cans of worms and opens up other discussions. But at the end of all of this, your goal, my goal is to serve people, Jesus Christ. And that means knowing that that's the mission and don't let other people's attitude, actions, words, insults, or behavior get in the way of being faithful at that mission. And I think that's the, that's the, that's the drum to bang at the end. And that's the, that's the carry all at route, right? Like, man, Lord, I need, right. This person's soul's at stake. Uh, so I'm going to put my good insulting abilities aside and lead this person to Christ. Amen. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, if we can serve you in any way, uh, let us know. Again, if you this this podcast was brought to you by people requesting it. So uh, if you have other discussions or topics you want us to elaborate on or talk about or, or bring into the podcast, don't hesitate to, to email or text us. Again, if you are not a member of Cornerstone Church and you're listening to this uh, and we disagree with your pastors on anything we say, side with your pastors, not us. Uh, and, uh, always, always listen to your local pastors above and beyond before you would ever listen to us because they know you, they love you and God has given them to shepherd you. So, uh, we love you and, uh, until the next time.